0: Hello and welcome to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski and thank you for joining me. On this episode, we have Zizek Barrow. He is the man, the face, the voice behind Paintball Nerd. Uh, he comes from a deep paintball background from the men, the Iron Men. Um, he has World Cups under his belt. He has traveling for paintball under his belt from working for Die to working for PUSH. Um, he is a, a man of many hats and he has been killing it with the social media posts and the quirky little videos, uh, for the events and everything that he's been putting out. It's been, uh, really, really cool to see. I mean, the perspectives that people have, I really enjoy seeing just from all over the place and Zizek gives a nice little comedic relief to uh, all the seriousness that happens around the paintball events and uh, the paintball events and even his uh, his podcast and his interviews have been a pleasure to listen to and I think if you guys have um, have some time and you want to listen to some good content make sure you head over to uh, paintball nerd and check it out. He's got interviews he's got blogs he's got reviews he has news he's a one and done stop shop right there so make sure you check it out. That's paintballnerd.com. This episode is sponsored by h2kpaintball.com. We have all kinds of little goodies up there now. We have some arrowhead bolt pins in red, black, and orange. We also have the talon trigger in gray, red, and black. Uh, We have some uh, call-off play paintball pocket tees, and the Orbit excuse me, Orbit mineral wash tees in gray and in uh, forest green, all up there now. If you use the promo code frosty50, F-O-R, that's completely wrong, F-R-O-S-T-Y-5-0, and you spend $50 or more, you will receive free shipping site-wide on whatever we have in stock, which isn't uh, too much right now on tank tools. We're running low because we're actually getting ready to release um, the big V2 tank tool. It's uh, I'm pretty excited about that. It's going to have uh, it's going to be more utility uh, based, and it's going to have some more things that you can use on it. So it's not just for uh, removing the air and your regulator from your tank. There's going to be multiple uses now attached to the tank tool. So um, So, yeah, make sure if you guys uh, want to, we are running that Frosty 50 promo, I believe, until the end of the year. So, if you want some good days with some free shipping, uh, head over to h2kpaintball.com. Also, shameless plug, if you guys are looking for uh, or enjoying uh, my photography, by the way, that I have been uh, putting up, I have a new site up right now, it's cmarkowski-photo.com. You can find a bunch of photos that I have been putting up and that I'm very proud of. Also on top of that, there's a print section if you would like to purchase some prints. I have been slowly adding to that section. Um, Not only can you get the ones that I'm adding up there, but if there's a specific one that you like that I've posted on social media before. I would be happy to uh, to print that out and and get it out the door for you. That's C Markowski photo. Thank you, everybody, too, that has been uh, helping me out with that, along with um, you know all the encouraging words and uh, and kind words that people have been coming across. This is still fairly new to me, so I have been trying to ask good questions and. Uh, just observe the greats that are in the sport, and and there's so many. Man, hats off to all the media guys out there and media guys and gals. Uh, you have been huge for paintball because you know bringing us all of the content and uh, the photos and the videos that you do. It's uh, it's half the fun of doing this thing is is you know because. You know, I'm not going to lie. I like seeing pictures myself and uh, and video myself every now and then. It, it, it doesn't hurt. I'm not that shameless to say that. <laughs> it looks cool. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm super stoked to be able to uh, kind of stand shoulder to shoulder with some of those greats, you know, and, and getting in the pits and, and getting some of the, so- the shots and everything. So thank you for all the support, everybody. Uh, again, dot photocom if you want to check that out. Uh, Another big sponsor of the podcast is um, Endless Paint Club. So you guys heard me talk a little bit about this. Uh, This is from a company called Lumi Labs, and um, they produce some hemp-derived THC gummies that I have been very much enjoying. I'm a big fan of their Microdose product. Uh, You can find that at Microdose.com. But Endless Paint Club is... I think such a great idea what they're doing. This this whole company is derived from pro and semi-pro players who have uh, been playing together for a long time, and they started playing together and had this company come about, and now they're wanting to give back to the paintball community. And what you can do is sign up at endlesspaintclub.com, and you can apply for two hundred dollars in store credit for the next six months you'll get that two hundred dollars every month for the next six months in store credit um it's it's awesome they'll uh they'll not only have this going on right now but this is also going to be laid out in phases so you're going to be able to uh enjoy the product two hundred dollars worth of credit for uh, every month for the next six months But then on top of that, once the phase two starts launching, the endless paint starts to become a reality to where you can start making some money off of uh, of getting the product out there. And I mean, the the very first thing that they want to do is they want to get product into paintball players' hands. And all you have to do is provide some information but this is only going out to the first 300 players who sign up. So it's it's a limited access uh, to the $200 a month for six months. So it's not just for everybody. It's, it's $300 uh, or th- I'm sorry, 300 players capped. So make sure you check it out, sign up, see what you think, and uh, give some feedback and, you know, help grow along with uh the company themselves like i said i'm i'm a a big fan and a big proponent of the product i love it uh there is you know things i love in this product is um thc cbd they have you know terapins all kinds of stuff like i i'm just a big big fan and i it's been benefiting i have been benefiting from taking microdose and, uh, and the other products they have. And I've, I'm really trying to spread the word because I think it not only helps for you know mental health, but also for just creative side and uh, just to kind of ease the tension that comes with just everyday life in general. Um, it's been really, truly helping me out and I'm happy to uh, kind of spread the word about the company. So uh, you can find Endless Paint Club uh, at Endless Paint Club, en- Endless- I can't check. EndlessPaintClub.com along with uh, along with Microdose. That's Microdose.com and Lumi Gummies will be right here at uh, LumiGummies.com So check it out. Sign up. Capped at 300 spots. Get your spot today. Alright. I'm done rambling because that's All I do, I feel like. So, here is the episode with Zizek Barl. Well, first, dude, thank you so much for coming on here. I appreciate it. Oh, dude. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, You've been killing it over there with uh, not only your little nerdy podcast you have going on, but also... All of the event coverage and stuff and the things that you've been doing over there, I think that's been a pleasure to watch and just enjoy and see you going around and doing all that stuff. I think it's a much needed little kind of thing. I mean, everything is so serious. Not saying that everybody's got to be a silly goose, but everything is just so serious a lot (laughs) of the time. And sometimes it's just nice to, like, relax, have some uh, nice info entertainment because it's like yeah. you're informing people at the same time. You're, you're also entertaining them. And I think you do a, uh, a stand-up stellar job at it.
1: Well, thank you, Carl. You know, the uh, the content that I do at events was never meant to be what, what it is today. It happened completely by accident. Um, you know, I was just doing my interviews, my podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Darren at Go Sports was like, hey, uh, you want to do some content for us? And I said, sure, but, uh, you know, this is the beginning of last year or beginning of this year and the last year. And, uh, I was like, I'm, I'm focusing on paintball nerd though. So, you know, uh, I don't want to be ghost sports guy. I don't want to be wearing a ghost sports hat and a ghost sports t-shirt and being Mr. ghost sports. I want to be a paintball nerd. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, we can do that. Um, we'll figure figure out a way to do that. So, uh, what Darren did, was he paired me up with Dylan Fout. And I had no idea what impact that would have on my life and my career. Yeah. Um, But it made a huge impact, obviously, because of the the content that we created at events. So when it originally started, Darren said, hey, I like your podcast. Do you want to do a halftime show for the first event? The Lone Star Major, Lone Star Open. That was the first event, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Anyway, first event of the year. (laughs) Pretty sure it was Lone Star. Could have been something else. Oh, no, it wasn't Lone Star. It was... Uh, Florida it was, was the first event. Florida. Yeah, so they, they called that one the Sunshine State Open. Yes. So, I was supposed to do a halftime show with Quinn Nadu of Iconic Paintball uh, for the Sunshine State Major. Mm. And Quinn couldn't show up to the event. He was doing an award show with Ryan, and you know they're giving out their Icon Awards. It was called that at the time. And what something happened and Quinn couldn't make it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, so there goes the halftime show, right? Because I don't—I'm not a stats guy. That's all Quinn. Like Quinn knows all that stuff. I, yeah, you know, I'm—I'm I'm here for comedic relief. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was like, "What about the halftime show, Darren?" He's like, "You know, do you know Darren?" Uh, I know of him. I—I'm—it's I, oh, yeah. just like paintball people, right? It's
0: like you've known them yeah, for yeah. years, but you don't really yeah. like know know them.
1: Yeah. So for those that don't know Darren, he he's the president of Sports, and Darren is the man. He can do every job of that entire organization from filming to running the cable cam to running the broadcast. He can do everything. Mm -hmm. So Darren is uh, Darren's the man. So uh, no halftime show. And Darren's like, hey, uh, why don't I have Dylan Fout come out? Or he might have been talking to D- Darren. Might have been talking to Dylan Fout at the same time he was talking to me, mm-hmm. and thought we were great. You know, we'd be good to pair up. So, so Darren he goes,
0: was like the the uh, what's his name from X Factor, Cowell. Um, so he was yeah. like the Simon Cowell. He's like, uh, you sh- you two should team up and do make like a group, make like this group and yeah. a super group, and it'd be bloody brilliant.
1: Would, it would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but he, you know what, Darren is more like the Jimmy Iovine. You know, he paired up the. You know, he made the black eyed peas and brought in Will I Am and, um, and uh, you know the chick, Fergie. You know, he, he Jamie Ivine brought them together and, and Jamie Ivine, you know, with Dr. Dre and he he brings these people together. Anyway, Darren brought us together. You know, he he had uh, Dylan and I go out to the Sunshine State major, gave Dylan a camera, and said, Go make content. It gave us very little direction which is good. Uh, so that's what the ice man does. That's what Darren does. He's, yeah. he just lets you do it. You know, he has faith in you and he says, go do it. And he, you know, he drops some things like, Oh, you know, it'd be nice if you filmed some stuff for WNXL. Uh, it'd be nice if you did some content for the kids. And we just, we just ran with it and started making content and, uh, it became, and now, now that's kind of like, I'm known more for, for the content that I create at events being like this voiceover guy and creating funny stuff and it was never meant to be that yeah but that just goes to show you you know just do what you love show up be present and opportunities could open up for you
0: yeah i mean if you you can be anything you want in the world even if it's like a voiceover guy which yeah which uh if you guys have any voiceover guests i would love to do it i would love to i would we love would to love do it that yeah
1: Dude, a lot of people have commented like, oh, we want, this reminds me of Short Bus, right? Oh, when he, we, we should get Todd <laughs> Martinez and Catfish back on. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people with skills, and you're one of them, Carl, who can make you know make funny voices and accents and things. And uh, you know what we could do, buddy? You may or may not be aware, but doing voiceovers like for cartoons is actually one of my dreams. Like, I'd love to do that, right? So one of the things I did with Paintball Nerd was made paintball cartoons, and uh, it's like not paintball related. I, I use like some website that gives you stock cartoons and it's like yeah. usually a bar setting or something. And you have these like, you know, these images kind of hop into frame in there and you put voice bubbles above them and you do voiceovers. Mm. So I did a couple of those before doing any vo- voiceovers at events. Where I'm going with this is we can make a cartoon, Carl, We can make a, a paintball cartoon and release an episode every and uh, it could be a thing. People Dude, would watch it.
0: I'm down. I'm completely down. Also, when I was a kid and still a young adult person, I was uh, I wanted to be an animator and a cartoonist mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and I I drew a lot. And then I also really was into like Jim Carrey and making faces, making voices, all this stuff. And I like being like this class clown kind of kid when I was young, and I still do. Yeah, but. Yeah, I've I've always loved to. Do, if you ever seen Bears Eating Broccoli, you can go watch Bears Eating Broccoli. That was some that's some of my younger work that on YouTube that I did. Um, but yeah, I just like have never seen Bears Eating Broccoli. Uh, <laughs> what is, is it a cartoon?
1: <laughs> no. it's, it, it's just
0: <laughs> what it is. It's just you'll you'll enjoy, it's either you love it or you hate it. And it's like there's no real gray area. You made it. But I, made it. I, I was
1: co-maker in that. Well, then I'll probably love it. Bears eating broccoli on YouTube. Yeah. I'm not going to YouTube it now, but after no, 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 you're no, 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 no.
0: I mean, to. I think probably some at some point I will just I'll do like a reaction video of just myself watching bears eating broccoli, and then inviting people over <laughs> to watch it. It'll be great. But yeah. Anyway, oh, I yeah. Um, dude, the suspense
1: is killing me now. I want to see it.
0: <laughs> no, you have to save it. I mean. Okay. It's probably funnier high, but that's it's completely up to you. Personal choice. Um uh, but well, but also know that when we did do that, it was all completely sober and it was for a school project and we got last place.
1: You know what else is funnier when you're high? <laughs> a root canal. Anything. The truth anything is funnier yeah.
0: when yeah. you're high. So, well it's um, it's like one of those things. Know like what, like what comes to mind? Like when I feel like when you're, when you're sober for the most part, it's all logic, which is just logistical thinking of like motor skills of uh, possibly short term future thinking of like, well, I'm hungry for this. You know, it's, it's a lot of that, right? It's a lot of like real time decisions, but I feel like when you're, when you're high or, I don't drink anymore, but I, I don't even want to say when you're when you're drinking or anything, but at least when I'm when I'm high, um, it's one of those things where it's like I'm out of that bubble and I start thinking a lot more about the out of the box stuff. And I know like it's kind of cliche yeah. to talk about when people oh, you so become so creative when you well, I think it's it depends on the person because like sometimes people just want to do whatever and lie on the couch. And just do nothing, but wh- whereas me, I'm like I'm grabbing like uh, drawing pads, and I'm grabbing my guitar, or I'm like I'm just I'm doing something, I'm creating something, and I, but it, that's always I've always had a lot of that though before um, anything like any assistance, and it, it just gets yeah. amplified whenever I do you know anything like that.
1: That's what it is. It's an amplifier. It doesn't give you something you don't have already, mm-hmm. but. If you're a creative already, then you you know on on cannabis you're hyper creative. If you're a, a musician, you're hyper musical. Um, it's it's crazy. It's like it's a, it's an amazing plant. It marijuana, is marijuana. Yeah, the things things that it unlocks in your brain, um, it which makes sense why it was given such a bad stigma for so long. It's like you know you don't want you don't want people thinking freely, right? <laughs> I don't want people making their own decisions. Go to school. Yeah. Graduate. Get a job. Don't don't get high. See all these people getting high and start freeing their minds. Like you know, I'm gonna make a podcast. Is what I'm gonna do. There you go. I'm gonna get out of the system. Just messes everything up. But when does the podcast then become the system? When you oh, uh, did that just happen just now? When you when you spoke it into existence. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, like you, you you, think of whatever is not the norm. Like think about styles and uh, fashion. Mm. Nothing is cool when it's cool, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not, um, it's there's always balance. this, like this. Yeah, there's, there's always this like in the beginning, it's cool because it's the beginning. It's still this small little niche thing. And then as it becomes yeah. more known, it kind of grows and becomes normal. And now, now normal is not cool. I mean, look at it's it's like um, I guess it's like what we're talking about, but design like the styles through the years and how like it kind of everything just kind of comes around. It's like uh, what we think of is as as normal was mm. cool. You know how many years ago or or now? Who knows how relevant you are stylistically? But um, but like just the styles throughout the years, people wearing suits or wearing bell bottoms or wearing dresses in the summer that are like completely hot and everything like that. And you're sweating your ass off, but you gotta, you gotta wear a dress in public and do all this stuff. But, um, yeah, but yeah, it's just, it's, everything is, uh, everything is that is normal at one point was, was not, and was, uh, the start of something else.
1: I think we're there. I think we're there, Carl, because, Like how many people, like how many people have a podcast, right? And I'm not saying we don't need more. I'd love to see more paintball podcasts, Hmm. but think about the average American and how many of them have dabbled at, at starting a podcast, right? Right. So we're past the phase of podcasts being cool and unique and, oh, you're starting a podcast. Awesome. Uh, Now it's like you hear someone like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast and you go, oh, not not in paintball, (laughs) not in paintball. Uh, we need more of them. Like I said, more podcasts and paintball. Let's have more. But like when your buddy is like, hey, man, I'm, oops, I'm going to make a, a a podcast about uh, using my Traeger, right? Or some, something, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. normal thing. It's a, let's play it out now. Podcasts are no longer something that's like a, a, a unique and exciting business venture. You, you know, you when you hear it in the real world, you're kind of like, oh, okay, good luck, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, this is this is my thought about podcast now because I've been doing it for a little bit um, and it's not really changed for me. And and I really look at my I look at my podcast as one of the, the most basic bread and butter kind of podcasts that you could have. And I think I don't even consider it a paintball podcast because
1: what does that mean? Bread and butter podcast that you can have. What does that mean? So
0: like most people have bread and butter, right? For the most part. I mean, pretty basic, right? But I think of as, you know, the basic thing that we have in common is we're doing this right? We're talking to each other and it might be paintball. Paintball might be the com- the common denominator that at least I would say, yeah, for, the, for this podcast, that is our common denominator, right? But I would say 30%, most of the time, 30 to 40% of what I'm talking about on the podcast is paintball. The rest mm-hmm. is about other things that we might have in common, um, other things that might I might find interesting that the other person does or has done or is doing. Um, And I just, I am much more interested in your thoughts and, and your life and the adventures that you have had and maybe some things that we've had in common, but maybe let's start at the bread and butter of life and paintball Mm. that we kind of connect at. Right. I like that. That's kind of how I have do the book because I feel like if it's paintball, 247, 365, I will get burned out about it, you know? But if yeah. I feel like if it's, if it's, hey, we both like seven-man semi-auto, cool, let's talk about that. And then that goes into, hey, you remember this person? Oh, yeah. And, you know, and it's like this, this whole thing. It's like a fucking tree, right? We start at yeah. the base of the roots of paintball, then we go up the conversation of the trunk, and then it branches out into all these different ideas and concepts. And, I mean, that's where I came up with the whole... Um, thinking about like the Advantage Bunker idea or Tank Tool or like, you know, anything that I've said that was good or bad on the podcast that, you know, it's it's just having, being present and having the thoughts of whatever they are, bringing them to light. It's like, I, I don't know if I was talking to this about Tyler or with Tyler um, from Loomy Gummies or with I can't remember who I did the podcast, but before, but anyway, I I think of all the conversations that I've had that I wish I would have recorded, right? Coming up, mm. coming up in paintball, yeah. and that I can look back on and, and read. And I I looked at it as like doing a podcast. I looked at it as uh, com- all these conversations we had, they were just free range conversations, no fences, mm, free no- range, <laughs> nothing <laughs> like that, right? But then you have yeah. you have these conversations. And I, I think what for me helps me out with the podcast is that for other people we get to put fences up for people to look and observe at these conversations and take them in and enjoy them as they as they are right because yeah. they're not just in the universe, which is still a great thing amazing thing yeah. to have conversations without it being recorded it's just having it is a, is amazing right and do it but the ability to, to do this and to fence them in for other people to enjoy too, I think is, is amazing.
1: It is. And something interesting happens when you do that, especially like with, with you, Carl, I mean, how many episodes do you have? Like hundreds of of episodes, right? This will be a hundred, this will be 150 or 151. 150. Gosh. So you think about that. If, if an individual, watches your fenced in conversation as you describe it watches all 151 episodes right it's interesting because what that viewer starts to feel is that they know who you are as the host because they have seen so many conversations that you've had with other people that they assume that they know you it's a really interesting Mm -hmm. thing that happens because when you go out in public it's like people (laughs) treat you as if you've known them forever and it's like wait have we met before Mm -hmm. no we haven't it's like oh shoot well i felt bad for 20 minutes there because I didn't know your name, you know, it's like, so it's an interesting thing when you create these conversations, because a lot of times we talk about personal stuff on, on a podcast, people share a little bit. It, 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 it's a cool thing, that fenced in thing. Cause it, 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 it's unique. It allows people to think like they feel like they know you, which is a, yeah, I think it's a blessing, right? It's been a, been a blessing in my life you know, having people come up to me and talk to me. So,
0: yeah, absolutely the same, man. I've, I've uh I've you know, had a lot of people compliment the podcast and just be like hey man keep doing it I love your perspective on things or your idea on this or you know hey you know or or people not say anything and just you know it whatever you want to do it's completely fine um but I appreciate people even thinking about listening to
1: the podcast right because it's like it's going to be I don't there know regardless about the name Carl Play the playing on mm mm-hmm. Mhm Playing on podcasts? I think that elicits cheating. Some bad behavior in the sport. Well, I think everybody... trying to trying to get people to play on? So, I
0: don't condone cheating. (laughs) But if you don't take an extra step or two after you get shot, and it's a bang-bang play, you're not trying as hard as you
1: think you are. Can I tell you about an extra step or two? Please. (laughs) Uh, So, in a in what event we go to so many events right there's
0: so many it's i don't know great. how people can be like oh yeah you remember this uh this georgia event the layout was awesome i was like i don't even how you know where any bunker
1: was in the field Dude, you, you can talk to people like uh so talk to ryan like talk to ryan greenspan like hey do you remember uh in 2001 in atlantic city on the angel field and he'll be able to tell you what that what the layout was it's pretty <laughs> pretty annoying but uh um. Uh, where was I going with that? Do you remember? Yeah.
0: We, you uh, know? you were saying about damn it. I just had it too, and it went away. But um, uh, sorry. We're talking about events. And yeah, uh, we had we have so many events, and then we were talking about we so
1: many events. For, I, I was gonna tell you about a couple steps.
0: Yep, that's what there I was gonna go. say.
1: We got back to it. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> ICC right Pittsburgh. We're playing against what team are you playing with?
0: Uh, this past, see this past ICC,
1: past ICC. You played, uh, you played with Iconic. Mm. Um, was that the name of it? We played you on the Woodsfield, right? Cap. Fuck, was that a cap or aftershock? Cap. I was with Cap. We played you on the Woodsfield, right? I believe so. So, shoot. If this wasn't your team, then no, it was definitely you. It was definitely you. So, um, <laughs> the game before. Okay, Carl. The game before this we're playing against Ronnie Simpkins team. I think it was the misfits Okay. on the same field. And I guess Ronnie had gotten shot on the top side and he ended up bunkering someone on the bottom side. So he like reinserted somehow and I shot him a million times. Mm. And, and, uh, he came out after the game goes, uh, Glenn goes, dude, was that Ronnie Simpkins that, Uh, bunkered our guy down there. I'm like, yeah, he's like, he was dead. He reinserted. And like, no one caught it. I'm like, no way. Impossible. Like, no way. So next game. Cap is playing against iconic. And I go to the bottom side and I go to this little bunker and kind of in the center and you pop up and bunker weasel out.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Like you stand up and I don't know if you bunker him, if you stand up, stand up and got an angle on, but I popped up and shot at you and someone shot me in the face. So I, I dipped. I ran, I, I put my gun up and I start walking out of bounds up the hill on the mm-hmm. woods field. And I noticed no, a ref doesn't pull my armband. So, and I had just been inceptioned with the idea from Glenn about reinserting. Right. Yeah. So I walked past Glenn and I'm like, Glenn, like, you know, looking at my goggle, you shot me or someone on your team shot me in the goggles. Like, eh. I'm like, is it gone? Like, yeah, yeah, you're good. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm still alive. So I go back to my I've, I've never done this before, so I didn't do it right the right way. So I'm like, oh, my God, I got away with it. So what did I do? I ran back to the exact same spot that I got shot out of. <laughs> so, so I went to a back bunker standing by, right by the ref that called me out. And uh, one of my team was like, I need you to go back to that spot. So I'm like, great, you know, this is a free life. And I ran to the spot and I got shot in the goggles uh, a lot of times. And I was like, well, maybe this is not meant to be. Uh, this cheating yeah. thing didn't work out for me. Uh, so I, I got off the field for a second time after getting shot in the face again. Um, but there it is. I cheated you and uh, it didn't work out for me.
0: You know what? I The same thing. <laughs> I'm not the most innocent person at the 10 mans too. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there are... A, a small handful of times where I, I pushed the limit I pushed the line a little bit Everyone but I mean does. it's like it's it's one of those things where those events are different those are yes. different than the national events. I know everybody's still spending money still there to win still competitive yeah. right but there there is only so much the refs can do and only so yeah. many eyeballs in certain spots and if you can do it, if you can do it, then, I mean, I can't stop you, you know? Yeah. And it's just... So you can shoot me in the face. Yeah. And then and then try and do it again in the same spot. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I'll just go back to the same spot and do it again. Yeah. Uh, so, well, you know, I don't know if I'll ever try uh, that again, mm. but... Uh...
0: Yeah, I, I don't like the mojo after I feel like I got away with something because I feel like I'm negative one. And I don't like, yeah, I, feel I don't
1: like, I wouldn't have been proud of myself about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just a funny story because, like, we got go back to the I think we stalemated that game or we lost, but we go back to the pits, and <laughs> Glenn's like, Did you reinsert yourself? I'm like, Yeah, you told me that Ronnie did it. I want to see if I can get away with it. And uh, he's like, You should have gone to the top side where the <laughs> ref wasn't, you had a new ref. I'm yeah, like,
0: Right.
1: I've never done this before, dude. I just I, I got shot in the face and I went back in the game. Like I don't know if the like I don't know the right way to do that, you know. Yeah. So um, uh, cheating's bad. Don't cheat. It's not dude. honorable. But when you, you're out, you know, when you're out of the game, when you're out of the tournament, and you're playing a game that doesn't matter, you know, just have some fun.
0: I think we needed to win that one to go on too.
1: Really? Well, I assure you, what <laughs> no, I, I did just was to make did you not feel bad. that for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but yeah, I didn't shoot anyone or anything.
0: Dude, talking about like cheating and penalties and all this shit dude world cup for us was such a heartbreaker man like yeah i I was thinking about it lately Did you
1: end up third fourth
0: i don't even remember i think we ended up like fifth or something but we went in we because so we had the bye to saturday or whatever it was because we were third overall and we played uh our first three games were against the top three no top four seeds right so we played we played uh,
1: okay. last camp
0: we played fit blast camp and nasty so mm-hmm. we lost to fit four to two uh, but we we outplayed them my it doesn't say on paper but we outplayed them the two points that they beat us by we got two major penalties Um we beat fit four to two it was a solid win beat nasty five zero and then we play this uh french team scalp over on the i think it's the infamous field i think it's the first time we played him Played the infamous field too so um we get there and they beat us 5-0 but we had four minors and one gross major and i've never had so many penalties thrown against us in one like it was it was crazy like legit penalties or like bullshit like just dude so they were black happy it was how about this? It was 4-0 scalp. We it was down to a one-on one in um, on the on the fifth point. this will kind of give you a perspective on it. It was a one-on-one. Our player dives into the snake, crawls all the way down to their side of the snake, comes out, shoots a lane. the guy goes in, doesn't even shoot back at our player. shoots a lane, starts to load. The ref from the center 50 walks over, peeks his head over onto his loader and goes, that's a hit and throws a yellow flag in a one-on-one. It was, it was crazy. It was just like it, that whole match. And it, what was nuts is that we were playing so good, like up to that. Cause we were the only team that beat fit that, that whole tournament. And, um, I mean, even fit came up to us afterwards and we're like, what happened? What's, what is the deal? We're like, yeah, we have no idea, but it was just, um, <laughs> it was crazy too, because I've just never seen, I don't even know how I got on the subject, but it was just like, it was insane. Um, but yeah, anyway, yes, I will. Yes. I will be a voice double in your next voiceover.
1: <laughs> Are you playing with newbies next year? 2024?
0: I want to, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I I just have the kids are getting older and there's they're wanting me around a lot more. And um, I don't know. It's one of those things
1: to like a pro program.
0: No, definitely. Definitely not a pro program unless I get heavily compensated for a full salary and Stop 000. fixing them wheelchairs. <laughs>
1: yeah. Get on play paintball,
0: dude. That's it's a fulfilling job, uh, but it definitely doesn't pay very well. But it uh, pays the bills for now. But um, you know, I'm trying to build H2K into something, and um, we're trying to build more products. We have version two of the tank tool coming when, out. When, where, beginning where of next year. So we already have. We're like ready.
1: Can I see it? He's got one. He's got one. He's looking. It's right on his desk. Oh, I saw that pink one on the internet. Yeah, it's the Where's same the one. V2 it's version part. 1. I don't have
0: <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't um <laughs> Quinn Quinn has our prototype and um we we've pretty much signed off on the design. So, I think we're putting in an order over the weekend, so we're rolling. So, I'm excited. That's
1: tight. I'm excited. Are you going to mm-hmm. make me a paintball nerd one?
0: Dude, I'll definitely make you a paintball nerd one. Yes. Do you still have your uh version 1 paintball nerd one?
1: Of course, and I gave Paxson back the gold one, even though he didn't need it, because he said he had one. Oh, I said, good for you. I told Carl I'd give it back. I, I told him I'd give it back.
0: You know, I, I don't it. care what anybody says. You're a nice guy.
1: Oh, no one says that. You know <laughs> you know what I get a lot, though? Uh, people say that I look mean. That's not the best feeling, because I'm a pretty happy guy, you know?
0: Yeah. Maybe you, you like know? the way you stare through people, maybe that's it.
1: Should I just like look like look at him like this? That should be your new logo right there, <laughs> <laughs> dude. How do you think Fit's gonna do at the pro pro level?
0: I think they'll hold their own for the most part. I, I mean, I think they, I think they'll be in the top ten. Um, I think they're just. Uh, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say that they're not going to do well when you win five events in semi-pro, right? It's pretty handily. Um, now, I think camp is another story. I, I think they're a talented group of guys, but I don't know. I don't know if psychologically, if placing second in five events to fit does anything to you. I mean, it has to, right? Sure. And I just if don't.
1: You, if you say it doesn't, you're lying.
0: Yeah, because I I mean, I would be. I was frustrated watching it. <laughs> come on, man. But it's, uh, I don't know. I think, I think fit might have a little bit tougher time, uh, than maybe, um, did I say camp? I think camp is going to have a little tougher time than fit. I, I just feel like fit is a more, w- uh, well-tuned and oiled machine.
1: I think fit will stick with this, their same roster though. That's the thing. And I think last camp will go pick up some free, free agents and build their roster. Mm-hmm. So, um, did fit, did do an amazing job last year? No question about it. You can't even argue their results. But I don't think those results are duplicatable in the pro division against pro teams. Um, because you remember, Carl, that same team was AC Dallas in 2020, and they got relegated.
0: Right? True. Three years so, is a long time, though is a decent time. It is a you, long time, especially 3 years of winning events, right? So That's what I'm saying, and I think that 3-year timeline for when a team if it sticks with its pretty much um same roster for that time, 3 years is that's like your winning timeline, right? Of like getting shit on, starting to mm-hmm. get better, start winning. Right? And yeah. I and I feel like yeah. I mean, yes, you start at 0 when you get into that league, but you already have those wins behind you i mean those wins don't mean nothing right i mean i i think you have a good base to start at to be a to be a pro team an introductory pro team right and i think that they are they are in a better spot than what they were as ac dallas
1: when is the last time a brand new pro team won an event
0: i'm not here to talk shit Zeiss. Like, is there
1: any no, I'm just curious. No, like, I'm just when... kidding. <laughs> I want to know the. I want to know the statistic. When is the last time a team went pro and won an event that year? X Factor. Oh seven. Huntington
0: something? Beach, right? Or two thousand
1: thirteen. I don't even know.
0: That's a good question. You're so asking me to think. Fitz
1: got an uphill battle. Yeah, I'm asking you for statistics and data from paintball's past.
0: Well. I give opinion.
1: You ever go to paintballwindcount.com?
0: No, I don't. I'm not a big stats guy. I'm yeah. I'm a big like feeling vibe guy, and mm. stats are never really in my yeah. favor. I'm I'm always like I'll take the risk, but I don't not I'm not a very big like calculate the risk.
1: Yeah, yeah. You just go for it. Send I, it. Send it is what the young kids say. Just yeah. How old Fire. are your
0: kids? Four and seven.
1: Oh, so they don't they don't say fire and based and bet.
0: Based like the words. The I turkey? don't know what they mean. There's I sound so Someone told old me,
1: right now. Someone told me I'm gonna stay based. And I'm like, sick, player. I don't know what that means. I don't know I what it means. I didn't I didn't tell them. I feel like that's just I didn't staying tell like him. this. <laughs> yeah, like it's just staying based right now. What? Like. Staying based. But it's, it moist. Means something else other than that. I'm gonna stay moist. I, I like that. I like the idea of staying moist. I think yeah. we could incorporate that into into the verbiage. Stay of moist, bro.
0: Stay moist.
1: Do you? <laughs> it's stay, nice and moist. How moist. many How many voices can you do? <laughs> Give me some voices.
0: um So you got the nerd with the lisp, right? Yeah, you got the nerd, got and then up, you got moist. Uh, blue, he's got this blue gungy. You'll know Blugangi once you get into the Bear City broccoli thing, um, and then uh, uh,
1: I don't sound know, like an old guy going, Hah! kind of like a Godfather thing. Yeah, it was like a
0: um, accents, uh, God, accents like uh, Australian, right? Okay, crikey, true.
1: No, look at the size of that one. That's a
0: crazy one right there.
1: If she bites me, we could die.
0: <laughs> and then. Um, uh what's another one? I don't know. I just I can't. Nothing just, offensive. Nothing that's gonna trigger people, please. No, I'm, and I don't think doing Australian is offense. It's probably like the the Aussies are probably like, eh, good try. that's yeah. all right.
1: Good, huh? good on you. It's, it's not perfect, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> that, you sound more like New Zealandie. Yeah, it's. I don't even. Great. Oh, dude, I've it's always good.
0: wanted to go to New Zealand. Me too. It always looks beautiful in the pictures, and I want to be in the picture.
1: Be in the picture, yeah. Where? What's the best place you've gone for for uh, you know world travels?
0: <sighs> um, unfortunately, I missed out on a lot of European travel when I was able to back then, and I never, I never uh, went after any of those, which I'm kicking myself now. But uh, Australia was beautiful. It was so. I mm. I stayed with uh. Jamie and this team uh, down, and I went two years in a row because it was so great. Uh, I had a great time, and it was a little town called Wollongong, Australia, and you literally you walk out his door, and to your right, you look over, and it's like the cliffs in Jurassic Park, like that island. Mm. It's, you're looking at that, yeah. and then you look left, and there's like 100 or 200 yards you're looking, and it's a beach and then blue ocean. And it just wow. it like I kind of sat there for a second, I'm like looking back and forth. I'm like, this is crazy. Like this, you live here? This is insane. Yeah. What about you? What does he do for a living? Jamie, he owns. I don't know if he owns, I think he does own, but he this ocean uh diving like welding thing. I don't know exactly. Well, that sounds expensive.
1: Dude. And he I I follow. He needs something channel. welded underwater. Sounds expensive.
0: Right? Just welding underwater is so crazy. It's yeah. insane. Well, not crazy. So, Maybe know. I just don't understand it to the point of comprehension.
1: Just, yeah. But that's why he can afford a house on the cliffs is because he does hard, hard banks.
0: Yeah, dude. He's, he's a great dude. Him and uh, that whole crew were, were so generous mm-hmm. and very, very awesome. What about yourself? Where have, where's a crazy place? Because you've been playing paintball for a
1: long time. I have, I have, um, the well like the craziest place i've been to is is pataya in thailand mm. um and i say crazy just by shock value like seeing things that i had never seen before um seeing things that made me uncomfortable uh it was just like out in the open in thailand go on uh in in pataya um so you know um what you'll find, what you'll learn. There's no such thing as chicks with dicks. Only guys with boobs.
0: <laughs> I'm going to use that as a clip for the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, you see a lot of crazy stuff in Pattaya. Um, I was thinking you were going to go more like
0: cats and dogs on uh, on campfire spigots and like or not spigots but spicks um like over fires or spits not spicks spits like a spits. fire spit
1: so like, i ate a scorpion in thailand no cats no dogs um ate like a, they have they have bug carts there and bug carts are carts with various sauteed bugs Right, mm. I guess protein's not wildly abundant. Protein car, um, and and yeah, it's a protein car exactly. Mm. And so, dude, they fry up these bugs right there on the street in oil and salt and pepper and garlic and like it smells great. It smells yeah. like smells like pork rinds or something. It smells amazing, and they taste great too. Like a scorpion tastes like a like a a soft shell crab. Mm. It's not bad. Um, so that's another crazy thing I saw there. Amsterdam was really cool. I had my first experience again. with with uh, uh, psychedelics in Amsterdam. What kind? Um, they were called sorcerer stones. So um, th- I was playing with the Man and this was maybe 2005. Uh, we, we we're in Amsterdam, and we we're in the uh, the downtown district where they're all it's like all cobblestones where the red light district is that's so where all the coffee shops are at where mm. coffee shops are at and we're walking around and people are like keep trying to sell us like illegal drugs you know like sketchy dudes are like you know i walk by you walk by they see that you're a foreigner and they're like cocaine and they a say s- they just say words bad sketchy drugs, dude bad- in
0: amsterdam is like a, a model yeah. in, the, in
1: the u.s oh for sure well that's true too Definitely, definitely different version of sketchy, but they, but they just see, they walk by you and then they say a drug and you're like, well, am I supposed to like, is that am I supposed to respond in some way? So we decided we're, you know, if we're going to do drugs in Amsterdam, we're going to do the legal way. Mm. So we go to a coffee shop and coffee shop is where you can buy all the things. They have different marijuana, uh, products, right. They, and they have mushrooms. So those are the two legal things in Amsterdam. So I'd never done it before. I'm uh, very, you know, I was very inexperienced with substances in general. So we talked to the guy at the counter and we're like, well, what's for, what's for, you know, beginners. What, what can we use? you know, not, not to freak out. Mm-hmm. And they were called sorcerers stones and they did not look like mushrooms at all. They looked like clumps of dirt, like clumps of soil is what they look like. Mm. And they kind of tasted like that too. So, um, well, I'll just say, I'm not going to say what which teammates did it just in case I don't have the permission, but um, a bunch of us did it and we're running around the red light district having the time of our lives. It kicked in for me when I was, when I was walking around, I was wearing a hoodie like this, like a zip up mm-hmm. with a t-shirt underneath, just like this. And I remember feeling like I can feel my sweatshirt <laughs> on my skin, but I can't feel the t-shirt underneath. Yeah. And as soon as I, that thought process happened, I was like, I'm on drugs. Like I'm experiencing the thing that's supposed to happen, supposed to happen. And so right when I had that thought, this guy, I don't know. I don't know where he was going, why he was there. If he was a figment of my imagination, but this guy's running through the streets of Amsterdam, cobblestones, cobblestone streets with a stack of papers running. Like he's late for something. He's going, he's going after he's running. And it's a little bit wet. It's a little bit dewy, right? Yeah. Cobblestone's I know it's... a little bit slippery. Ooh. A little bit slippery. So as soon as I had the thought, like, oh, I feel my sweatshirt type thing. Oh, I'm I'm probably, you know, starting to experience this. Right when that finished that thought, this guy slipped on the cobblestone and all his papers went up into the air. It <laughs> so looked like, like confetti. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like <laughs> this explosion of color. Woo! And all these papers like floating in the air.
0: Slow motion. And
1: it was amazing. And then like like it was like slow motion. Then I started looking around and all the cobblestones started lighting up different colors, purple, purple, blue, different shades of purple and blue and red, bing, 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 bing. like, you know, how Michael Jackson's video when he's dancing, he's stepping on the different um, things. Yeah. 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 It's way cooler than that. Cause like the cobblestones are different shapes and different colors, different shades of red and purple and blue, mm. and they look like neon and then the buildings, the buildings are side by side. All the buildings are super close together. But you can tell which buildings are different because the facade is different, mm-hmm. right? So these buildings look like individual people, like this—not be not people, but beings, like they were alive. Yeah, and they're close, and they're different colors, and they're they're moving like this. Okay, and then the windows, the windows, and the doors are the f- are like the eyes and the mouth of these building beings, and they're dancing yeah. this. And then here's the- here's the song I hear
0: and the buildings and then the
1: the windows are flashing like this and the doors are, are singing and i thought i'm i'm fully aware that this is not real this is yeah. not happening right i'm fully aware that my mind is playing tricks on me but this is the most incredible thing I've ever experienced. Knowing that my brain is capable of projecting these images that I can physically see, but no, they're not real. Um, Are
0: projections real? Is
1: it not real because it's a thought? Is reality real? Well, what makes something real? What makes it real?
0: Well, I guess it depends on your description or definition of real because the belief in something
1: Mm, there it is there it is
0: could make it real
1: but it does make it real
0: but projections are not whether you believe it or not because it is happening right yeah so it's not it's not a I don't believe that a dollar is worth a dollar this is more like this is happening and I'm observing it and it's happening to me but it's not happening but it's yeah. not happening. But
1: no it- one else is experiencing this the way I am, right? Yeah. What an incredible compound psilocybin must be! You know, uh, I've experienced with with it one or two times outside of that many years ago, and always had a positive experience. Um, felt a sense of enlightenment. Felt this sense of I have the entire world and the universe figured out if I only wrote it down and then you start to come to your senses and, and reality comes back in and all the fantasy and thought and the philo- philosophical things that you're thinking, they kind of just end up back where they were, they started. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I ever experiment, experiment with something like that, again, I think I'd have a pen and a pad and I'd, I'd write down and see if it's as enlightening as I believe it is i don't know if i would want a pen and a pad or some crayons and you'd probably want some crayons so you can make art <laughs> you know i would wa- i w- i would want to write down my thoughts yeah, oh yeah 100% mine would be color yeah colored thoughts yeah and there's people that pick up a guitar you know there's people that do whatever on mm-hmm. it, like i said it's 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 a it's an incredibly powerful thing right it unlocks a piece of your a, a very powerful piece of your brain if it can allow you to see mm-hmm. things that you can one hundred percent see, you can see them, but you know that they're not real. Jeez, mm-hmm. yeah. what can it do in regards to healing you, right? Healing your, your any kind of mental illness you may have, or or anything like that. You know, I think it's yeah. it's, and I think you know, science is starting to to dive into uh, psilocybin and and uh, you know psychological medicine and For stuff PTSD like that. And-
0: All kinds of things. Well, I mean, that's one reason why I stopped drinking uh, a a few years back is because I felt like alcohol for me, it did two things, which were very contradictory. Um, One, it allowed me to have a different level of a good time, but it also very much hazed out the line of necessary, meaning... Like, is it necessary for me to do this certain thing in this certain way, this loud or this obnoxious? No, you know what I mean? So no. it's like, but I, even though I'm having <laughs> a great time and I feel like yeah. I once I, I stopped that and I started kind of dabbling more with uh, with marijuana or with uh, microdose or with with anything like that, um, I, I felt better not only during the use, but also after the perspective was, was different. I might've had an idea or I might've had a thought or something that stuck around. Um, but I didn't have, I didn't have the dread of the next day, right. Of like of the hangover or of the, what did I, what did I do? Did, what did I say? What did I, because you don't have that, you don't have that control and it's just scary thinking back, like because kids are going to drink. Adults are going to drink no matter what. I mean, you can't, you can put rules on it. You can put ages on it. You can do all that stuff. But people are still going to experience it because me at 16, 17, 18 years old, if if I were listening to this podcast, I would be like, yeah, okay, old guys, I'm, I'm still, yeah. I'm going to go have fun with my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. you, you don't really, I mean, some do young, but at the same time, you still only have so much time on this earth and you have to go through these stages of life. And some people go through them faster and some people go through them slower, but you know, it wasn't for me until like early, I would say like my early thirties, maybe late twenties, early thirties where I I really started to kind of get it. Maybe that's late. I don't know, but it was, it was really kind of honing in on like what life is really going to be like or what it could be or, or what reality is or what could be. Um, and, and then I, and I think I say that because now that I'm thinking about it, that's when I started, that's when I had my first kid was when I was 30 and it it wasn't about me anymore, you know, but it was about me at the same time because how I thought about it was, was now I have this person that I need to keep alive, that I love unconditionally (laughs) that I need to provide for. But in providing for them and with the atmosphere of what is today, I can still pursue my dream of making ends meet without doing a full nine to five or without not being able to spend enough time with my kids or something like that, you know, and still still follow and push wanting to do my dream because there are so many outlets to be able to
1: try and do that.
0: So... Yeah. I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but it's like, yeah. Well,
1: as you, as you age, I mean, like think about it when you're, when you're 21 years old and you know, through your, your early and your mid twenties, it's like you can drink your face off on the weekday and go to work in the morning and you'll you'll make it, Mm -hmm. you know, like you bounce back quick at that age. I remember it. I remember going like partying and then going to work and like, it was rough, but I made it through, you know, these days, like, if I have one too many beers, it's like, I, and I wake up with a hangover, it's like, oh, this is going to be the roughest day ever because my kids are going to cry for sure at some point, <laughs> yeah. right? Have you ever deal with a crying baby when you are hungover? Oh my god, dude, it's it'd be impossible, right? Yeah. you don't want to do that. So you know, as we get older, we start to gain responsibilities, and it's it's good because we can't bounce back from drinking the way we used to, anyways. So we might as well have some responsibility, right? Yeah, and
0: more of an yeah. understanding of what's to come or will be just like, yeah, I I know if I do this, this is definitely going to happen and I don't want to feel like that at all.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like when, when, (laughs) with drinking, it's like, you know, when you're young and you're going to the bars and you see the old guy at the bar sitting there alone, old fat guy. And you're like, I don't want to be that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. But you look around and like those are the older people that are at the bars. You know, you got your young crowd here dancing and getting wasted and then you got this guy sitting at the bar here. So where's the people in the middle? Well, they're out they stop going to the bar, right? Start having families and responsibilities and things like that. Mm-hmm. If you continue on that life of the 20-year-old getting drunk at the bar every single day, you'll end up like the guy hunched over at the bar old, you know, no kids. You know, Carl, one of the one of the most interesting conversations I had was with one of those men. Uh, at the bar. Cause I, you know, I see them occasionally. Mm. And I remember I asked him, what, what, what's your, give me some advice. Like wh- what, what regrets do you have in life? And he told he told me something that at the time it really stuck with me because I was in to like kind of in this phase of growing up and he goes, I wish I married the woman I loved and stopped chasing everyone else. And I wish I had a family. And he's like 50 or 60 years old. He looked a little bit older because he was you know, spent all his time at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, And so it was like conversations that like that. that it's like, you know what? You, drinking is not like this sustainable lifestyle. I do think, however, marijuana is. I think there can be chronic marijuana users that are productive members of their family and society. Right. And I think it's already been proven. I don't think I need to cite anything on that. Right.
0: No, nope, I'm all in.
1: Yeah. Do you want to smoke a bowl right now? I do not. I don't
0: smoke, <laughs> but I do have a microdose gummy that I will take right now. It's not gonna kick oh, in right away, but
1: yeah. Um, I should so have. Took I live one in Tennessee, before. so I don't have access to gummies. What Dude, we have here is delta eight.
0: So Lumi is delta nine hemp derived THC.
1: Delta nine. That's my. Uh, that might be what it is.
0: Dude, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful high, and it's only for, so I take the. And this isn't an ad. But they do sponsor the podcast. <laughs> um, it's uh, so it's Tyler who used to play for uh, DMG. He has uh, Lumi gummies and microdose, and I take their I take their microdose right there. That that's it.
1: Yeah, he sent me a, or Joe Barrett sent me a sample pack from Lumi and. They were going to sponsor the podcast, and I kind of rested on my laurels and didn't respond right away and lost that opportunity. Yeah. But Lumi, if you're listening, I'd love you to sponsor my podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's am- I
0: I personally um, enjoy it because it's only it's three micrograms for the microdose, and so it's a yeah. nice subtle high that lasts for maybe an hour and a half or something like that, and it just kind of slowly mm. goes out. And obviously, if you take more than that, it'll be it'll increase, but it's like I've I mean, I, I like smoking too, but the gummies are nice. I mean, they're just you digest those differently, and yeah. you know all that stuff. But it's it's like everything just is happier. My mood, my mood is better. I notice things a little bit more um, that are happening. You know, my my kids seem like they're more excited. I don't. I don't know. It's just like I just feel like I'm more involved in life when you, when do I'm. Do you doing get
1: paranoid? It. Like, oh, my kids think I'm hot. Like, my kids are looking at my eyes. They know I'm hot. I, like, do you ever feel that?
0: I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, de- I, I definitely do. Sometimes I feel like I, I shake sometimes. Like, I feel like I – not that I'm shaking, but I feel like I'm cold sometimes. And that goes – it's all these little things that kind of pop in. Like, this, the same stuff, like, um, for a little while I had this thing of for, like, five minutes, I would think of the worst possible things that could happen. This could be even when I'm like cuz normally I'll take a gummy when I go play disc golf or something like that and yeah uh in the middle of playing disc golf I could I would go and like oh my god like what if I can what if I get into a car accident on the way home how's anybody going to know how's my wife going to know what if my house <laughs> blows up you know and then for like I 5 minutes that. for 5 minutes straight I'm thinking of that stuff and then I get to the next next yeah. basket and the sun comes out from behind a cloud, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, my my That's face true. gets warm, and I'm like, I'm I'm back yeah. in it. So like that doesn't happen all the time, but it's like I would much rather have that than be like blacked out, not knowing what I'm doing, and uh, not that I'm, not that I'm advocating for just one substance, but everybody has their vice. But it's no. just, uh, you know,
1: but I, I, alcohol is proven to be like the thing that if you want to if you want to put yourself in a position to create some regrets, you drink too much. yeah it's gonna happen at some point like it's just you're just playing the odds and that it doesn't happen with marijuana. If you do too much, you fall asleep right mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a safe drug. I'm not saying any drug is safe, but I think it's a lot safer than alcohol. do you I think a lot are, of things are safer than alcohol.
0: Are you a, uh, a user? I say user a consumer? What, what would you call yourself
1: a consumer of
0: of the cannabinoids I,
1: I do yeah when I can when I can get a hold of them like I said I, I live nah. in Tennessee so I do have uh this place that sells Delta what eight or nine one of the two mm-hmm. whatever one's allowed here probably Delta 8. Uh, temp derived Delta eight uh, so they have like gummies the Delta- and things they have some they have some uh flour like some actual like plants that you can buy mm-hmm. but then i'll go to an event right where it's legal and they got the real stuff the good stuff and you know i'll smoke that or or eat that and i'll be like oh my gosh i've never i haven't felt this in a long time <laughs> so um yeah i don't i don't get the goods here in tennessee um i wish wish i could um but yes i, I do like marijuana i do like it in all forms Beautiful. I'll eat it smoke it Drink it. i never tried to drink. If anyone's got a marijuana drink for me to try, I'll try it. I have not. Um, but you know, in in the right context, um, I don't like to be in social settings on marijuana because uh, I do feel like everyone's looking at me, and uh, you I, are like, popular. <laughs> it just it's uncomfortable. Um, because I, I feel the need to make eye contact, too. And when my eyes are like this, it's like, well, you're high. I don't know if I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> well, that is, that is one uh, good
0: thing about the gummies, though, is that you don't get that. Like, at least for me, I don't get, like, the high eyes. When I smoke, I do get uh, that. But, like, the gummies, I don't get the high eyes. And I've, I've been starting to take a microdose, like, at the events after I play. And I go, like, I grab my camera. I'll, I'll pop one in and I'll just... I'll start walking around the event. And that's cool because it's like, like how we were talking, like you start getting different perspectives and everything that's really been helping me kind of step outside
1: the box a little bit with, uh, with taking photos. Dude, I don't, I don't think I could make the content that I make at events if I was high cause I don't, I just overthink it too much. I already do way too much overthinking. Is this funny or not. Are people going to like this or not? Yeah. If I was high, I would just analysis paralysis. But you mentioned your photos, Carl, mm. and I will say I'm a big fan of your black and white shoots that you've been doing lately.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Capture like a lot of facial emotion in them. Yeah. I think you get that with black and white.
0: Yeah, I I get a lot of people like is this their obituary picture or is it like why just cuz it's black and white? Like if if it there would be a year to year underneath if it was like a so long goodbye. But, um, no, it's, it's I don't know, there's, there's some, there's, there's a lot to be said with, uh, black and white. I feel whether it is a portrait yeah. or on the field, off the field, in the pits, something like that, black and white leaves a lot on the table in a good way. Yeah. Um, a lot to the observer. I feel
1: my favorites are Danny Manning, right? It, his beard looks super dramatic in that photo. Looks so good. Um, it looks so good, dude. And his face looks hardened. He look; It just looks, it's just a great photo. And then my second favorite one is Ed Porman Cause he's got like a lot of characteristics in his face that come out in the black and white. Mm-hmm. So the head tilt, I'm a big fan. It's got a little held, yeah.
0: head tilt in it. And speaking of Ed, yeah. dude, my, my heart goes out to him, man. Um, I know, man. That is so, so bad. That is so crazy, dude. Like Can when you imagine, dude, I, I can't dude. He, Ed is such a sweetheart and alex was he was such a stand-up dude and it it makes you think about like you know i go through and then like the some of the guys that we've lost throughout the years and obviously it's like it's i can't be selfish i well i can be selfish in a way of i know people through paintball right that's my that's my selfishness that's my 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 link to all these people that you build relationships on but it's like Mm -hmm. they have all these other lives right? They have all these other things going on that you're not a part of. And, um, it's just, it's so hard whenever something like this happens and you see somebody that you know, or that you knew that they pass away or that something happens to them. It's like, Oh my God, because it's not happening to you. Um, yeah. You're like, dude, what, what is going on? It's it's just insane. And my, my heart goes out to him and his family and, and, uh, I just, I don't know what to say. It's like, it's one of the craziest things death yeah.
1: is, you know? Mm-hmm. And the craziest thing about it is that it's not crazy at all. all. Mm-hmm. Right? It's inevitable. And sometimes it happens sooner than it should. And I think that's when it hurts the most. You know, it, it's like, it's one thing when you lose your grandma, who's lived 90 years, right? And have a, a full life. It's another to lose a child. That's something I can't imagine, you know? Yeah. At, like. You know, you know, Lane, Lane Wright, mm-hmm. he lost his kid in 2018, the same day. So, this is the anniversary of when Lane lost his kid.
0: Really? Is it Rocky's birthday, too, I, or something?
1: Well, it, uh, it might be Rocky's birthday. I don't know. Um, if but it is, it, I need to wish him a happy birthday. Do you know if it's Rocky's birthday? I don't know. I,
0: I thought I saw something quickly on, on the the Facebook, but, but yeah, I like with, with death, I've learned that at least as I gotten older to not be afraid of it, but I think it's, I'm more afraid of the other people in my life. Not that I'm afraid. I'm more anxious of the feeling of anxiety that comes with it and the anxiety, the unknown anxiety. Because I can have the idea and the thought of how I would feel, but it hasn't happened. It doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't have that feeling until it happens. You can think about what it's going to feel like or how, what you're going to think or how you're going to act. But until that thing, it's like like having kids, dude, it's like fucking war or yeah. Or like having kids. It's like, you don't know what is going to happen. It's like the whole Mike Tyson, uh, quote, like everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face or the mouth or whatever it is, you know? And, um. You just don't, uh, I mean, that's why, at least for me, my own, uh, consciousness and life, I have learned to cope with the idea that I will die, that I will not be here in some way, shape or form. Um, but I'm definitely not prepared for others in my family, um, who maybe are not so close. To like, yeah, the end of life or anything like that. You, know, I can't. I just can't imagine something like that happening. And it's,
1: it's unnatural crazy. for a child to go before their parent. Is not. Is not the. Not the way it should be. You know, I like. I, I don't wish that on any parent. Certainly, you know. It's, and then,
0: can you can you sad. imagine like in the forties, or or earlier, not even just the forties, but earlier than that? You have families, mothers who are sending off their sons and, and the father's going with them and their sons, their whole, you know, the male side of their family are going off to war. Not knowing whether they're going to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Generation, generations. It's crazy. Uh.
1: You know, Jordan, Peterson said, uh, he said something really cool about death. And it was that um, when you mourn, it's a really, precious thing because in order for you to mourn someone you had to have loved them genuinely and intensely truthfully otherwise you wouldn't feel you wouldn't feel the grief mm-hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't have to mourn so in a way it's kind of like a it's kind of a beautiful thing because in order for you to feel such sadness you have you you would have had to have felt the opposite amount of joy at some point you know mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it happens to us all, man. Yeah. Are you a the, religious person?
0: I'm not. I'm I'm more I'm more on the along the line. Well, I have of this. I went to Catholic school from fourth grade to eighth grade. Um, and then so I went to a atheist. So <laughs> and then I went to a public high school <laughs> and then I kind of got a little taste of life. Um, yeah. I I'm very much in the in the ballpark of like something's out there. I don't know what it is.
1: I don't. How do you know something's out there?
0: Experiences with the unknown. If what I had my if I had my zoom in thing pulled up, I would have zoomed in right on my eyes when I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've had some uh, some things that I couldn't explain. Uh, that I wish I could remember the full story to its most detail, but what's good about the story is that one of my best friends was with me at the time and experienced the same thing, um, that I was going through. And it was, uh, just like paranormal stuff that you can't explain. Um, a ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had, a, I've had a few, Where were you at? I was at my grandmother, my great grandmother's house. Uh, I was with a girlfriend at the time and I was with a friend of mine at the time and we had we had a little bit to drink uh we were having a good time but some things started happening that sobered us up very quickly and it what was happened? so my my so we were downstairs in the basement i'm going to try and remember this story i'm sure i'll go back and be like oh yeah and this um so we're at my great grandmother's house my great grandfather passed away in like 1996 i believe and this was probably around 2005, 2005, 2006, something like that. So we're over at my great grandmother's house. I was living there at the time, helping her out. We were down in the basement. She was in bed, she was in sleep, but we, we heard her get up out of her bed, walk into the kitchen and then walk back, walk back into her bedroom. I'm like, that's weird. So we go upstairs, we're kind of looking around. She's in bed. I'm like looking around. My great grandfather's hat that I have, his fedora that I still wear to this day, was sitting on the edge of the counter, which is odd because I didn't put it there. I had it sitting somewhere else, but it was not on the edge of the counter where it was like you could bump into it because it was almost falling off the counter. Weird. Yeah. Pick it up. Put it away. Go back downstairs. Because uh, we just want to go up and check up on her, right? So we go downstairs. We hear it happen again. And I'm like that like, what is going on? What is she doing upstairs? And she's saying something, and I can't make it out what she's saying. We go back upstairs. Um, and now this giant potted plant that was on the floor over in the corner is now sitting up on the counter in the same spot where my grandfather my great grandfather's hat was. And I'm like, what is going on? Because this thing, like, when I grabbed it, I could I could barely hang on to it. It was heavy. It was huge. And as soon as I grabbed it, it the plant started like shaking. And I'm like is that me? And everybody's looking at me and I'm, I'm like shaking and I'm, I walk it over. I set it down. And for whatever reason, I look over at the TV that's in the corner and you know how you have, you can have some like reflections on the TV, but it's black screen. So I look yeah. over and for whatever reason, I'm looking at the TV and I'm looking at our reflections and I'm looking at them. And then all of a sudden they all go black and then they all come back. Like something's walking in front of the reflections, but I, so I kind of looked at it. I kind of rubbed my eyes a little bit. I turned around, I said, everybody stop moving because all three of us were upstairs. I said, stop moving, look at the TV. And we look back at the TV, black, back to reflections. I'm like, let's go downstairs. So we all ran downstairs. We're like, what, what is going on? Okay. We're like, all right, this is like, we all started really sobering up at this point. I'm like, okay, like this is, this is super weird. Let's just forget it. Nothing happened. We're good. Okay. So, 15 20 minutes goes by and my girlfriend at the time is like, "I have to go to the bathroom." Like, okay. Um so she goes upstairs. She's up there for 5 minutes. 10 minutes. 20 minutes. I mean, this is the biggest shit that she's ever taken in her life. You know what I mean?
1: Dropping the deuce.
0: 25 minutes goes by. I'm like, "Okay." I'm going to go see what's going on. So I run upstairs. Yeah, I run upstairs. I look into the bathroom. She's not in there. I look into my grandmother's room. She's not in there. Or my grandmother's in there, but my girlfriend's not in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go into the living room, and she's laying on the couch with her back facing the living room, and she's facing the back of the couch. She's, like, laying in the fetal position little loose of a fetal position. I go up there and I touch her shoulder and she crunches into a tighter fetal position and starts hyperventilating. By this time I'm like locked into like what's going on. I'm like, okay, what is the deal? But as soon as she starts doing that, I start hearing a noise from my great grandmother's room. So I I run over there and my great grandmother is hyperventilating the same way that my girlfriend is on the couch. I'm starting to freak. I'm like, I'm starting to get like my hair on my arms are starting to like raise. Um, So I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. And I run downstairs. I'm like, dude, you need to come upstairs right now and, and help me with whatever is going on upstairs. So he runs upstairs with me. We go over to my girlfriend and she's like, he doesn't want me here. He doesn't like me here. He doesn't want me here. I'm like, what are you talking about? And, She's like, he just, he doesn't want me. He doesn't want me here. He doesn't want me here. I have no idea what she's talking about. Um, Yeah. I go, I was like, we need to get her downstairs and off of this couch. As soon as I say that, I'm pointing at the basement door where we just were. And my buddy goes, Carl, Carl, Carl. And I look over and the basement door is closing on its own. And I'm like okay this so i'm like all right i'm like dude get out (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna grab her you're gonna go open up that basement door and we're gonna go run downstairs so he runs over opens the door i grab her we run downstairs we're like sitting there we're like freaking out like what is what is going on she comes to like nothing happened your girlfriend or grandma uh uh my girlfriend yeah she comes to like nothing happened I'm like, you, you really seriously don't know like what was going on? She goes, I have no idea. We're, we were just downstairs. We were down here, right? She doesn't even remember going upstairs and going to the bathroom because I think she went upstairs wow. and right to the couch. So then I'm like, okay, dude, keep an eye on her. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm gonna check on my grandma. So I go upstairs. My grandma's fine laying in bed, nothing going on. Not breathing heavy, Not, no more hyperventilating, no yeah. more hyperventilating. Um, so I come back downstairs. I start talking to my girlfriend about what's happening. And this this is what happened so i go do you remember at all what was going on when you were on the couch and as soon as i said couch she like went limp like she was hypnotized and i was like what what are you doing and she goes i don't want to talk about it I'm like what do you what do you you don't want to talk about what she's like i don't want to talk about it he doesn't want me here and i said who doesn't want you here and she said bud and bud is the name of my great grandfather that she she didn't know yeah and um and so i just stopped talking for like a a minute or so she comes to like nothing happened so that goes on for like five or ten minutes or whatever it was um finally we're like okay well we just everything is settled down we're good you're fine. We're not going to talk about anything. We're just going to go to sleep, whatever. Um, long story short, <laughs> it's already been a long story, but um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, uh, so we end up waking up the next day. My great grandmother ended up having a stroke um, and having to go in, yeah, having to go into the hospital. Um, so she ended up getting going to the hospital. We go to the hospital. For whatever reason, I think this is the f I think this was the first time too that my girlfriend at the time had met my great grandmother and my great grandmother and I were were close and um they had like this bond like they grew up together when my when my grandmother was conscious in the hospital um for whatever reason, it's like I didn't give her my life story or I didn't I mean she just met my grandmother and they were like she was like holding my grandmother's hand. she was like, she was like laughing and like having this weird, like she even turned to me and said, it's okay. Now it's going to be okay. And I was like, so weird. all right, this, this is so weird. And I talked to my, I actually need to, I should probably talk to my buddy again to maybe kind of revive the story. Cause he might remember some things that I forgot about, but it was, it was one of the craziest things that, that has ever happened to me. Um, as far as paranormal stuff. But I've also, I've also seen like little girls and buildings. I've, I've, I lived in a haunted house, um, when I was a kid, I used to see this stuff in like a closet down in the basement. I used to have these recurring dreams. I lived in a haunted house when I lived in Minnesota, um, that I guess some girl in the seventies ended up hanging herself in the basement and we all experienced something down there when we were down in the basement. And it was, it's, I just know the, the moral of the story, the moral of the story is that, um, something is out there. Regardless of what you believe in, something is out there. To think that we are the only thing that is in the universe, the galaxy, the only matter that matters is a little silly to me. And I also at the same time think we we are our own universes, our own gods, our own being. And I think to... You can believe whatever you want to believe in, but I think to, to to simply lock yourself into one frame of mind on what the end is or how you should live your life or or how you pray or pray to or believe in is completely up to you. I just don't see that because I think there, there are too many other religions and ways of thinking and beliefs for one to be right yeah. for me to kind of lock in with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How about yourself? (laughs) Well, one, I think one has to be right, though. There is an answer, right? There is a correct answer. And, um, you know, you're right. There's a lot of religions. So how do you how do you pick one? I guess you pick the one that resonates with you or you don't pick one at all. And you say, hey, it's all bogus. Um,
0: It also could get forced onto you. As a child. you could be born into
1: it. Yeah. You could be born into it. You know, if you're born in certain parts of the Middle East, you will have a certain religion and that will be your religion because that's where you were born. And that's one of the things like when I was younger, what turned me off to religion is, you know, I learned about, you know, in elementary school, I had a, a classmate who was Muslim. I'm like, why do you believe that? She's like, because <laughs> you just said, it, you said it like that, just right to her face. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, well, what do you believe? I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm a Christian, you know, and so I believe in God and, you know, and the Christian God. And she goes, well, why do you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, because I was raised that way. And then it clicked. Mm. Everyone's raised the way that they're raised, right? And in order for a, something as impactful as a religion or a, a life belief have any kind of real impact? Then, well, you have to fully believe it with every fiber of your being, and um, so what happened to me uh, is I became, you know, I was raised in a Christian home, and I became atheist around twenty one ish, something like that. Um, I kind of stopped going to church when my parents got divorced when I was eleven. It kind of started the journey. Mm-hmm. It, it caused me to seek an- answers outside of church in the Bible. Uh, So what I decided to do was to ponder the origin of all things, the origin of life, and thought that that would be a good start, right? If I could at least think about the origin of life and how that could have come to be, maybe that will lead me to, you know, the ultimate answer of what is our purpose on this planet? Why are we here? Right. If we can figure out the origin, maybe we can figure out why. Um, And so I explored a a bunch of different religions, you know, and they're all very similar. Mm -hmm. Right. They have a lot of similarities to them. Um, And so I started to find things I didn't like about religions. And I found a lot, you know, I found a lot of things about all the religions. Um, And then I thought, well, how did everything come to be? right because scientists can't actually answer this question right now right we have theories right but if our current theory is the big bang and all matter exploded into existence well where did the matter come from and that has to be answered as well Hmm. so the current scientific ideology is that everything everything that we know to exist today exploded into existence In the big bang but we don't know where all that matter came from but we know it came from nothing so i thought hey that's interesting do i believe in the intricacies and the beauty and the art and the intelligence of life do i believe in that being a result of countless cosmic accidents or can i buy the fact that there is intelligent design, and there's a creator. And the way that I answered that question is by observing the world around me. You now, if you look, and you see this perfect garden, right, and everything's you got the turnips here, you got the melons here, and everything's designed beautifully. There's even a little fence around the garden. But you never see a gardener It doesn't go there ever. Right. But somehow the garden gets maintained beautifully. That's kind of like what creation is like, it's kind of like what living is like, we have this beautiful system on Earth, and where everything kind of works interacts with each other. And the Earth is the right distance away from the moon and the sun and it spins at the right speed. And, and it's the right size and everything to have this perfect climate to have life on Earth. So does that if I just look at that model of Earth, and I think, if I look at that model, Does that look like that was created on accident or does it look like, does it appear to me that someone designed this? And that's what led me and my spiritual awakening, my friend, because indeed, indeed, we are the product of purposeful, intelligent design. You can see that. You can see evidence of it everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. So, I guess once you just just kind of figure out and decide that there is a creator, and you've come to that conclusion, now you've got to back that up with some concrete detail. Like, what, what if there was a creator? Would he want his creation to know that he exists? And what would that relation relationship look like? How would he this creator this infinitely powerful being communicate to his creation? So I started asking myself these types of questions. And eventually what I, what I came back to, to actually make a long story short, Carl, is I came back to believing wholeheartedly that there is one God, one creator. And uh, he came to earth as Jesus Christ and died for the sins of humanity. And uh, I believe that, not in a way like I believe in Santa Claus, but in a way that I believe it every fiber of my being. Uh, Because like you have experienced the bad guy and his minions doing tricky things to you and your friends. I have experienced the good guy. Mm. And if the bad guy exists, the good guy must exist, right? I think the same is said about
0: the balance of life. Right. I mean, there has there to be has to be a contrast to yes. what you experienced. There has to be correct, but I, I don't want to say that what I experienced was necessarily bad because I think it did have something to do with a person and an energy that I dealt with in real life. I mm. think it was having something to do with my father, or my my great grandfather rather. To so to go off of to go off of that. So are you? Are you saying that you're not an atheist or you are an atheist?
1: I'm not. I'm not an atheist. Okay.
0: So you're not an atheist. I'm a theist. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why it's hard for me to believe that is because for when when you say life in general, are you talking like when God created life or there is a creator for this, this garden, right? So, what's hard for me to believe that maybe something has intervened with us as a species, but for me to think that one person or one creator developed all the inc- intricacies and all of the patterns and all of the behaviors of every insect, animal, mammal, being, mating pattern, uh, colorway of all of the species... And all the animals on the planet
1: is hard for me to believe how do you believe they came to existence how things came because to that existence? hypothesis that hypothesis that you're going to have of if it didn't come from a creator it came this way that way that you're about to describe i promise is going to be harder to believe than something intelligent creating something intelligent well i think it came inward I didn't I don't think it
0: came outward in I think it came inward out I think the day that we we acknowledged our consciousness is the day we started questioning anything the, I mean because I, I try and think of it like this um we at one point were just trying to survive without thought our, our, we were trying to survive in a way of like I'm hungry we, ne- we need to eat. Uh, We need, we need fire. We need heat. We need to survive. We need to, but at some, at some point we started to think on the idea of feelings and the idea of, of why, right? It's why, why this, why does this happen? So when we started questioning things, I think this is when we tried to start filling voids and filling holes and you have to, if you want to have an answer, Or discover an answer, whatever it is, you have to continue to ask questions until that answer is, or that question rather, is answered. And I think, yes, I think what has happened has over the years, when we started to maybe get away from, uh, I guess I don't know what I, I, we just started to kind of get away from that, that survival mindset, especially now it's not, we're not in survival mode. We're very much on the side. You're talking about
1: two, two different species. You're talking about early hominids that are more animal like, and they're worried about, you know, food in their bellies and procreating. Right. Right. Then you're talking about modern man with a conscious and the ability to ask, why are we here? And what is our purpose in life? Hmm. Those are two different species of individuals. If you believe in the evolutionary model where it's like, well, we went, so we went from thinking like cavemen to thinking like complex individuals. So that's when it happened. That's when religion came into being, you know, the, the alternative, or I guess I could, I guess, I guess I could say the alternative view is that mankind was separate from animal and created as its own unique being with the ability already in him to question his existence at the time of existence otherwise at the time of the inception of existence when god created man he had consciousness see that's hard for that's
0: hard for me to believe because why would he not give consciousness to all of his other creations why just this specific species
1: well because the rest of the species were created for man to enjoy.
0: Okay, but they, I they, mean, they how, eat why, us. Why
1: else? Well, we eat them too, right? We're at the we're at the top of the chain. Except food the
0: ones with the big sharp teeth. Sometimes we eat them, but like a lot of the time, we're trying to survive from
1: getting eaten by them. Yeah, but who's extinct? Mankind or saber saber tooth cat? Well, Who's at when, the top of the food chain? I guess it depends on
0: what time period we're talking about. <laughs> it, the,
1: the answer unequivocally is mankind because we're here and we we've populated the, the the planet. So a tiger might've eaten a dude in the past, right? It could have happened, hmm. but it doesn't mean that the tiger's top of the food chain because mankind is still in control. Mankind is still eating all the animals, killing everything, making jackets and stuff. So I might've, Straight away from your original question,
0: I don't even remember what I I forgot what it
1: was. You know what's great though is that we can
0: have a conversation like this, and maybe maybe even to the point of agreeing to disagree or agreeing to respect another person's perspective, and still not. Because I've been on the other side. Well, yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. It's like you you have your thoughts and ways of how things are, will be, or or whatever. I have those on a different path and we can both live alongside each other and have conversations about what it is. Even if one is like, well, this is what I believe. Okay. Well, this is what I believe. All right. And it's not like, no, 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 You don't get it. This is what it is.
1: This used to be normal, Carl. Like People used to have opposing views and still be friends and talk all the time. That's not a special thing. Until recently, right? Recently, we've had a lot of division, right? If you have an opposing view, especially politically, it's it's not like you can't be friends anymore. Like mm-hmm. people have lost Facebook friends and stuff, followers, yeah, because of their political views. Um, so, you because know, I don't have that that to
0: convince you. you,
1: I don't have to convince you of
0: anything yeah. besides semi-auto is way better than ramping. That's the only thing that I have to convince you of. That I, and I'm, I agree really truly matters, <laughs> and that seven man is the uh, the ultimate format.
1: But the segment is the ultimate format, that's where we both had our glory, dude. But uh, um, yeah, we came back. That's that's why I
0: feel it's like it's the field is big enough to be able to kind of free flow and, and make some moves. And and uh, but you only get like those seven or eight games, whatever the prelims were. That game, yep. that game is what matters. If you get shot off the break, you get shot off the break. If you make a good move, you make yep. a good move. You know, it's like if you shoot. You know, seven bodies or whatever, or the, no, you shoot, you shoot three guys, even two guys off the break and two guys quick, you could still lose the match. You know that you still yes. lose the game. There's, it's like, oh, dude, it's so good. It was,
1: and dude, I, victories and failures are amplified. Yeah. In seven man, mm-hmm. if you fail, you fail big. It matters a lot more than one point, right? If you win, you could win big. And that's where heroes of our game were created. During these moments where you needed to perform, you needed to have that move. Mm -hmm. That's where our heroes were created, man. Dude,
0: one of the biggest wins on your end and losses on the end of that I was experiencing, especially when I just got an excessive, um, one of the biggest wins uh, and losses, like seeing perspectives, was when you were playing with the men and you guys won... San, not San Diego. Yeah, San Diego, wasn't it? It was. Yeah.
1: I didn't know you were playing for Excessive on I, I uh, that event. I wasn't.
0: I actually played with Brass Eagle All-Stars that event. Ah. Uh, so I was just getting on to, because that was 04, right? The end of 04. 04, 05. Yeah. yeah. So it was the end of 04. I, w- I just got on and played, because that was after World Cup, I believe. So I had just got on and uh, got picked up by Excessive, played with them at World Cup, but they didn't. All they had was a pro seven man team, and I wasn't ready at all to play on the pro seven man team. Which actually, I never did play on the seven pro, seven man pro man team, seven man pro team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but so they ended up finding me a spot with the Bra- Brass Eagle All Stars, which I played terrible. Um, but I remember watching the finals, and I remember Nicky having a meltdown because he was just. You they wanted that win so bad and you guys just came out of nowhere and just started romping on people and um, ended up yeah. winning the tournament. And it was, it was, uh, and I, I remember distinctly, I remember distinctly them saying like, half of these guys are drunk and they won. The <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I'm like, that, that's crazy. You know, I was, uh, I, I was rooting for Excessive to win NPPL. You know, I, I, you know, obviously those guys were on my team in 2003 before they all left to create Excessive. So, I, you know, I had a special place in my heart for them. Um, but uh, they were not they were not excited us uh, about us winning that event. Like, um, I remember Rich was like, "These guys just do the same game plan every single game. They're winning all <laughs> like winning all their games. I don't know what's going on." So, but you know, it it was in excessive defense, it was one of those tournaments for the men where we couldn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and those events happen sometimes, right? Because excessive, it was the better team. We were, th- we were throw together dudes. Like we had Mr. U from aftershock and, and poopy and Paxson and Billy wing and catfish and Ryan Williams and me. Uh, and Robert Scott was the ninth or eighth. Um, so there's like three teams there, <laughs> three different teams. And we, and when I showed up to the event that Thursday, I saw Mr. You. I'm like, hey, man, are you playing? He goes, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm playing with this throw together team. We're, you know, it's the men. I'm like, oh, I'm playing for the men, too. He goes, oh, no shit. Hey, I think we got a good chance at winning this thing. I'm like, nah, let's just have some fun. And we won. That was yeah. great. Crazy. Yeah. Dude. Yeah.
0: That's, I, I'm i actually, uh, I would love to know how you even got into this whole thing. Because you, you were, I felt like we're not, you were in the mix, but for whatever reason, our paths, I feel like never really crossed. You know what yeah. I mean? So how yeah, did you, how like did you even a lot get of people? Yeah. The more than, more than I thought. Yeah. It's like, you know, of people yeah. and you might be like, Oh, Hey, yeah. Hi you know that whole thing yeah you see them but it's like only a select few where you're really like i I would say for the most part maybe guys you see at the practice field or teammates you get obviously a lot closer to but then at the events you're always seeing all these people that you normally see all the time dude i still say hi to people all the time to anybody i'm always like hey hey, what's up man what's up what's up even if i just saw him five minutes ago yeah
1: so how did i get into paintball or how did i get into what
0: so, how did you how did you get into paintball and into like the whole tournament scene and end up where you did on uh, on the Ironman? So, uh,
1: I I became obsessed with paintball in 1995. I think I was in fifth grade. Dude, no and way! I was going to a private school. Yeah, um, I was going to private school, and a, a bunch of the high school kids came back with welts, and I was like, "What is that?" and they told me about paintball. They told me they went and played paintball for a youth event. And I was like, oh my God, I wanna do that. That sounds amazing. And uh, so I would go find paintball magazines at the store and buy them all and read them all and you know, keep them forever. And, uh, and I really wanted to play paintball, but it was financially out of reach for me. Uh, so in eighth grade, three years later, after I learned about paintball and was obsessed with paintball, but never played paintball, I finally got an opportunity to play at my buddy's birthday party his dad paid for everything so it was, it was a green light for me and i played at weekend warriors in california i don't think they're around anymore um but i played there and was hooked and uh so from there i started to you know this is when uh, aol was first coming around and they had aol instant messenger so i go in an in, in a aol instant messenger and aim I go to aim paintball chat and I find this paintball chat and there's like tons of people and they're talking about paintball. And there's this guy, his name's Pete, Pete Hollenhorst. Uh, He told me about the sitting ducks who play in camp Pendleton, which was like an hour away from me. And I was like, oh man, I want to, I want to do that. I want to, I want to play tournament paintball. paintball like, yeah, we got a young gun squad. Paintball team names. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sitting ducks, dude. So it was the sitting ducks. I had never heard of this organization. Didn't know anything about tournament paintball. All I knew about tournament paintball was what I watched in game on it was an old JT movie. Um, so I try out for the sitting ducks, which is, not, it's not even a tryout. You just show and If you want to play for the team, they let you play, let you play, they <laughs> let a buy a Jersey <laughs> and like, you know, let you you're practice in with them every weekend. You're in, you made it. <laughs> so that was the sitting ducks. And, uh, so, through the Sitting Ducks, I met Gator and Rusty and Minnie Mike and Mikey Bastidas, who pro- you probably don't remember him, and Ken Nunes, who would drive me every week into SC Village. Uh, so, I got plugged into tournaments through the Sitting Ducks at Camp Pendleton. From that, uh, I started uh, connecting with uh, Jason Pineda and Mark Cresson and Scott Cresson and Cassidy Sanders. Uh, who are they were HK kids. Be, be, back in the day it was they were just called the Hostel Kids. Mm-hmm. Like there was no brand or it wasn't a company. It was, it was just kids. It was just kids that sometimes played tournaments, but mostly just snuck into SC Village and, you know, trying to hop on games. So I started playing with uh hostel kids a little bit, some events, and uh tried out for the Bushwhackers. Got cut on the final day. Um and then ended up playing for Legacy, Gary Shouse. Oh, yeah. So Gary Shouse formed Legacy.
0: With his son, uh, right? That would
1: have been... Yeah, with his sons, Ryan and Nick Shouse. And Nick's one of my best friends to this day. Um, so Legacy it was my first time I ever played a, an NPPL 10-man. I think it was 2000. And, uh, and then from Legacy... I went to Platinum, which is where I got connected with Goat and Steven Pitts, uh, and then some other names you probably won't recognize from that team. But those are the two that that you know made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from Platinum, from Platinum, uh, let's see. Oh, out of high school, I got a job at Die. Oh, nice. So right out of high school, I, in living in San Diego, I got a job at Die. You know, putting together barrels and stuff. And, um, Platinum was a JT team. So, uh, I got a sponsorship for Platinum to wear dye stuff. So we started wearing dye stuff and, and then in world cup 2002, because I had a relationship with Billy wing, uh, because, uh, I worked at dye and he was my manager. He happened to watch some of the games that I was playing at world cup, the 10 man, and we had already won the five man that event uh, in the amateur division. So he watched me play a 10 man. I don't even remember what game it was or anything like that. I just remember afterwards he's like, Hey, you played that tight. You played that really well. Uh, Do you want to come practice with the Ironman? I was like, yeah. And uh, (laughs) so I got a tryout for the Ironman. And uh, who's on the team at that that time, 2003. It was Yosh. I see I hate questions like this, because then I'm going to forget someone. They're gonna be all pissed <laughs> off at me. Uh, Rich Telford, Micah McLaughlin. Yosh. Thomas just got picked up. Art De La Cruz. Catfish. Eric Roberts. Billy Wing. Uh, who else was there? Ryan, well, Ryan was Neil Eberly. Oh, Neil played for Iron Man. Yeah, Neil Eberly. Uh who else went to Excessive after that? Didn't wasn't Neil playing with Cap Factory? Before he got picked yeah, up? Yeah, that Iron was Man? before. Yeah. Yeah. So Neil was on Cap, then he got picked up by Iron Man, and then he went to Excessive.
0: Neil was nasty.
1: Uh he was. I wonder whatever happened to him. So I think I think I got everyone. Yeah. I believe much. you. Uh, and then, so, uh, we played a couple events, and then after World Cup, we just got smashed. We got smashed by, uh, by the All-Americans. And, Carl, I've never seen so many, like, grown men that I thought were badasses in tears. The whole Ironman, like, everyone was crying, right? Because it's like, first year of X-Ball, it's this World Cup event, we just got these brand new DM4s that shoot really well, and, you know, thought we are going to do great, we got smashed by the LAs. So you're seeing like guys like Rich Telford in tears, like, oh man, this is a bad day, right? So everyone left after that, you know? After World Cup, Yosh went back to Dynasty and Rich and Mike and and uh, Thomas, and everyone went and formed Excessive. And the only people left on Ironman were me, Billy Wing, Eric Roberts, Catfish, and Art De La Cruz. And Art quit shortly after. And so we picked up a bunch of people at SCV that had never played a tournament before. To play the first event with us and that was ironman you know rebuilding until oliver came back in 2005 ish and uh, that's when things started getting good and ironman started winning but uh, uh yeah so i worked at Die until 2011. i have
0: a question i have a question quick before you go into that
1: do you think it was yeah. Oliver
0: the player or Oliver the atmosphere that changed? Like changed Oliver? Yeah, do you think it was Oliver the player or Oliver the atmosphere that changed the vibe of the Ironman and started switching things around? Do you know what the I mean? The vibe. Yeah.
1: It's the vibe. Yeah, cuz one player can't do one what's one player going to do, right? Mhm. Like in X ball, he can't can't win everything for you. So it has to be the vibe. It was the vibe for sure because Oliver Oliver is the he's the raising tide that raises all ships. You know, when you play with him, uh, at least when I played with him, I felt a higher degree of confidence. I felt like I was a better paintball player because Oliver Lang was on my team, mm-hmm. which gave me more confidence, which helped me make better moves. So the the vibe. Yeah, I think it was the vibe for sure. The guy knows how to win. He's a leader. And uh, that that's something. It's not nothing. You know? Yeah. But he's an amazing player. Don't let me... don't. I don't want that to take anything away from how amazing of a player he is. But uh, there's a reason, dude, that he can go from a winning team, a losing team, make them a winning team, then go to another team and make them a winning team. It's like... It's great. It's not just playing skills. It's not yeah. just... Not just how good you are at paintball, right? You have to, you have to raise everyone. You have to be a leader. You have like, like a raising tide raises all ships. Mm -hmm. And some players are that tide and other players are the ships, you know? Crazy. And then were you on that,
0: were you on that team? So you were on the the Ironman team when they won the World Cups, like the back-to-back World Cups. And
1: I was not, that happened a year after I quit so I I left paintball to sell mortgages I thought that'd be Honest. You know, yeah s- smart idea um, I wanted to raise a family and stuff and I was in a, in a hurry to get a big boy job so I quit paintball God I should have just stayed in it I can't even imagine where you know not only me but paintball nerd would be at hmm. uh, if I had never quit for 10 years I well, left you, paintball for 10 years do like,
0: you think paintball nerd would have come about if you would
1: have stayed in That's hard to say. And it's hard to say, too, that if I would have, if I would have had the skill sets necessary to, to make it what it is today, because when I left for 10 years, I was doing, uh, you know, sales presentations and sales trainings. And uh, I learned a lot of the skill sets that I have today from the real estate industry, you know, Mm -hmm. public speaking and, and selling. So it it may not have ever come to fruition if I didn't quit paintball. So I guess no (laughs) regrets. I mean, I do. I always think about that too. You know,
0: (laughs) everybody's like, well, if I would have just did this, or if I would have just did that, well, it's like, well, you also have all the what ifs from everybody else, because as much as we like to think of that, we're in control of our life. I mean, everybody else is making a lot of different micro decisions around us that could change our lives as well. And at any given moment, anything could happen. Kind of a thing. So it's like, yeah, you could have mm-hmm. still been on the team, but let's say you could have had an injury that could have set you off. You could have became a better paintball yeah. player. You could have, you know, whatever, anything, anything could have happened. But in that anything, there are also negative things, and there's also positive things. Yeah, and yeah,
1: and that's why I wouldn't change anything, right? Mm-hmm. Because. <clears throat> Well, another important thing is too is like paintball is a, it's not super predictable or dependable uh, from an income perspective, right? Especially you're doing what I do, right? So um, I think that I wouldn't change anything because now I have the knowledge and skill sets in real estate to where if I you know I really need to go back to corporate America, I have the skills to do that at. Thirty-nine years old. Instead of being in this position where it's like, well, all I know is paintball, and if paintball is over, I'm over. You know.
0: So you are a little older than me. I thought I thought we were oh, yeah. the same age. I'll be forty in July. Yeah. Wow. I'll be thirty-eight in January. Huh? I'm catching up to you. I'm slowly but surely <laughs> catching up.
1: <laughs> we're the same age, dude. When you're when you're when you're late thirties, yeah. we're the same age.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. Thank you so much for doing this. I had I had such a good time. Dude, we'll, we can do this every night. We don't have to record. We can just talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good because I actually haven't been recording. So. Oh, okay. Good. No, I'm just kidding. I have. <laughs> I've done that, though. I've gone like maybe 20, 20, 25 minutes into a podcast, and all of a sudden, like, I kind of just glimpse up at time and it's not moving, and I'm like, mm, that's, funny. <laughs> 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 that's funny. Oh, man. Uh, or during the podcast a thing pops up this is with the old program it was like a, a thing would pop up and say could not continue recording and like but luckily this like uh, StreamYard
1: works great
0: i heard a lot about good things about StreamYard. this has actually been working really well for me um so i'm probably gonna stick with this but uh, yeah, but if it ain't broke you know yeah i'm so far it's not broken. we'll see though um Dude, thank you so much. Where can people find you, ask you questions, see what you're doing, and uh, stalk your life?
1: Yeah, so I on the, go on to the internet. all the major, all the major paintball events. You can find me at, um, so uh, NXLs, ICPLs, some scenario games. I'll go to this year or two, for 2024, um, and then on Instagram, it's Paintball Nerd. It's paintball nerd everywhere. Look for paintball nerd on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and follow, subscribe, watch. Because it'll make you happy if you like paintball. It is a happy channel. Uh, are you going to make reels out of this, or is this just going to go up on uh, podcast?
0: Uh, I, I usually just do the audio. I'm not, uh, oh, I'm not audio. too fancy on everything else. Yeah. Dude, I should do the video. I wish though. you would have told me. I definitely would have been
1: naked if I knew this was not going to go up on the Who's internet.
0: You? I mean, <laughs> I'm naked from the waist down. I would have been so... sitting
1: here just digging in my belly button like...
0: <laughs> oh, you sniff. I usually chew. I usually chew on like... Yeah, I don't...
1: Yeah, well, I don't have enough in there because I'm always cleaning it out and smelling uh, it. Oh, yeah. So maybe i just let it build up and then I can stick a <laughs> stick stick like a dip in there. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> That's gross. Oh. That's nasty.
0: Uh, dude, thank you thank you for, uh, for being you and all the content that you put out there for everybody to enjoy. It's really cool. It's very selfless. Um, it's weird though. Content making is like one of the most selfish and selfless things that you can do. It's like...
1: Yeah. Well, I'm doing it for maybe selfish reasons, right? I want to promote Paintball Nerd and I want that, you know, originally like I started it because I thought, you know, I'll do the podcast to push people to the, the online store. People have better places to buy things, right? <laughs> Ans and Lone Wolf, uh, and H2K I Payment. don't have the, I don't have the inventory. H2K, like I don't have the inventory to compete with guys like that. Yeah. So what is the purpose of what I do now? Well, hopefully it leads me a media job in paintball, and I think it's done that. And I can't talk about details. Hell yeah! But for now, follow me everywhere on Paintball Nerd.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again. I would love to, uh, you know, if you need any help with any. Or not help because I'm not much help, but if you need uh, just a little voice or something like that or a little like whatever, dude, I'm more than happy. I love I love being silly and all that shit. So,
1: let's do a voiceover and let's make a cartoon. I'm in, dude. I'm in. Go go go! Find the cartoons. I'll send you a link. Don't go find them. It's too much to look for. I'll send you links to the cartoons that I made, and then you can you can get kind of get a visual for what we're gonna do.
0: Perfect. Isaac, thanks you? You so much, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks, Carl. Thank you for being a Paypal Nerd. I'll see you and talk to you soon. Cool. Later, buddy. Later. Thank you so much, Zizek, for all of the great content, man, and uh, the podcast and the conversation and everything. It was was truly great and had some really good insight and um, some good perspective on a few different subjects. And I I respect it, man. I, I love it. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Good, sir. <coughs> Excuse me. So make sure you check it out. Uh, that's paintballnerd.com. and also a big shout out to our sponsors, h2k paintball.com. Like I said, we have the frosty 50 going on right now to where if you spend $50 or more, you will receive free shipping on anything from arrowhead, bolt pins, triggers, t-shirts, Beanies. Uh, I think I have a few of the goggle straps left. We have a little bit of everything up there, so check it out h2kpaintball.com. Get your frosty fifty, and also cmarkowski-photo.com if you enjoy any of the uh, the photos that I have up there, and you w- would like to support um, the creative side of paintball players. Uh, You can buy some prints, and not only the ones that are posted on there, but also you have the option of choosing any of the ones that I have posted previously or that I'm going to post in the future that you don't know about yet. But um, you have the ability to go on there and purchase some prints. I appreciate all the support um, throughout this whole thing. So it's been a pleasure. See Markowski Photo. Dot com. And another big, big shout out to microdose.com, LumiGummies.com, and the endless sign up. Now only 300 spots it's limited. You get $200 every month for the next six months. It's awesome. I love it. I love the product. Uh, I love, you know, Tyler and everybody over there. I had a great conversation, uh, with him prior to this podcast check it out but uh, you can kind of have an idea of where the company's going and the, found, the, the founders and everything and, and their morals and what they have going on on that podcast but I truly appreciate the product it's been helping me out a ton uh, not only with my creative side but also with anxiety and uh, sleeping I've been sleeping a lot better on it as well so if any of those things interest you sign up endlesspaintclub.com, and you can see what all the hype is about. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I truly do appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate the support. And we'll see you guys here again soon on the Playing On Podcast.
1: Peace!